Welcome to Jespiracy, the podcast that delves into true crime and mystery stories from around the world. I'm your host, Jessica, and in each episode, we'll explore the details and theories surrounding some of the most notorious cases in history. From unsolved mysteries to infamous killers, we'll examine the evidence, discuss the impact of these crimes, and attempt to uncover the truth. So, grab a cup of coffee and join me on this journey as we navigate the murky waters of the unknown and attempt to unravel the mysteries of the world around us. I wanted to start off with two disclaimers. The first is that near the end of the story, I will be going over some pretty graphic things, so please take care while listening. Uh, I do give a warning beforehand so that you are able to skip ahead. And the second thing is that the story is incredibly lengthy and detailed. Um, This is a pretty large web, and I'm going to attempt to unravel it as best as I can, so please bear with me as I try my best to cover every piece of information. Spanning across Idaho, Arizona, and eventually Hawaii, the chilling case of Lori Vallow has captured the attention of the entire nation. It all began with the disappearance of 7-year-old autistic J.J. Vallow and his sister, 16-year-old Tylee Ryan, in September of 2019. What makes this case even more baffling is that their own mother, Lori Vallow Daybell, never reported them missing. Months later, in January of 2020, a significant breakthrough occurred when Lori and her husband, Chad Daybell, were finally located in Hawaii, the authorities serving them with two search warrants, one for the black explorer that they had been driving around the island, and the other for their Kauai townhome where the couple had been residing. However, the mystery surrounding the disappearance of the children had already sent shockwaves through the nation. Little did we know at the time that this case would take an even darker turn. Lori Vallow Daybell was born as Lori Noreen Cox on June 26, 1973, in San Bernardino, California. Lori grew up in a family of four siblings, including two older brothers named Alex and Adam Cox, as well as a younger sister named Summer. They were all raised within the LDS Church, deeply committed to the teachings and scriptures of the Book of Mormon. Their shared devotion to their faith played a significant role in shaping their upbringing and values. At the age of 19 in 1992, she married her high school boyfriend, Nelson Yanes, though their marriage was short-lived and ended in divorce shortly after. After the divorce from Nelson, at age 22, Lori married 23-year-old William Lagoya in 1995. During their time together, they had a son named Colby, but this marriage wouldn't last long either as their marriage ended in divorce after approximately a year. In 2001, Lori entered into a marriage with her then third husband, Joseph Anthony Ryan Jr., who went on to legally adopt Colby. During their time together, they also welcomed their biological daughter, Tylee, into the world in 2002. Shortly after giving birth to Tylee, Lori ventured into the world of beauty pageants by participating in the Miss Texas competition. Additionally, during that period, she had even had the opportunity to be a guest on the popular game show, Wheel of Fortune. As Lori's sister-in-law observed at the time, 
Being in the spotlight and receiving recognition meant a great deal to her. It appeared to satisfy a fundamental aspect of her personality, revealing her longing for visibility and validation from others. Lori had also told her sister-in-law that God told her to be on the Wheel of Fortune. Now, during this time, Colby, who was Lori's son, was allegedly being physically and sexually abused by Lori's then-husband, Joseph. Colby had later shared that he had carried a burden of guilt, believing that by disclosing the abuse to his mother, he had let her down and become the cause of dissolution of Lori and Joseph's marriage. And according to Colby, Lori had stated several times during this time that she wanted Joseph dead. She and Joseph would officially get a divorce in 2005, but in 2007, a couple of years later, Lori's brother Alex had actually attacked Joseph and took a stun gun to Joseph's genitals. On February 24, 2006, Lori embarked on her fourth marriage, this time with Charles Vallow in Las Vegas, Nevada. Lori's mother says that Charles and Lori seemed like a match made in heaven and that they were perfect for each other. Charles, who had been a lifelong Catholic, converted to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints to align with his new wife's faith. And according to Colby, he recognized that his mother did love Charles, but that he also believed that the financial stability played a significant role in her decision to marry him. And Charles also had two sons from a previous marriage. Charles had a sister named Kay, and Kay's son had a baby that he was unable to care for. Given that Kay and Larry were getting older, they had actually asked Lori and Charles to take in this baby and raise as their own. Lori and Charles would go on to adopt his grandnephew, Joshua Jackson J.J. Vallow, who was less than a year old at the time. This opportunity presented them with the chance to welcome a new member into the family as they opened their hearts and home to him, creating a unique and special bond that would leave a lasting impact on their lives. Tylee and JJ became particularly close and were inseparable. Over time, the significance of the LDS church grew within the family, becoming a prominent topic of discussion in their home. Lori, in particular, appeared to hold the church in high regard and developed a deep admiration for it. This was evident in her actions, such as replacing photos in her home with images depicting Mormon temples symbolizing her dedication to the faith. In late 2014, Lori shared that she received a message from God directing her to move to Kauai, Hawaii. Colby described this experience as a moment of relief and reward as it brought a sense of paradise and served as a counterbalance to the difficult times they had faced. The family found true happiness in Hawaii, cherishing the time spent together in this new and peaceful environment. Tylee's childhood friend would later say that she has very special memories going to visit Tylee in Hawaii and said that she had a hard time leaving and wanted to move in with them because she felt so welcomed and safe in their home. In Hawaii, Lori formed a friendship with April, whom she met through the LDS church. Initially, April saw Charles and Lori as the perfect couple, living an idyllic life. 
However, as their friendship deepened, Lori began to confide in April, expressing her doubts about Charles being her spiritual equal and feeling held back by him. Lori's beliefs had taken a more extreme turn, claiming regular communication with angels who provided her with divine instructions to advance the work of God. April saw these beliefs as a source of meaning and purpose for Lori, not suspecting the devastating outcome that would unfold in the days to come. In 2017, the family decided to return to the mainland and settled in Arizona. Colby, who is now an adult, had moved on with his new wife, although he and his wife's relationship with Lori had became strained. According to Lori's sister-in-law, it was after Colby's wedding that they had noticed a shift in Lori's behavior. Lori underwent a profound transformation at this time, shifting towards a somber and fearful state of mind, fixated on the impending end times. Her concerns grew increasingly intense, leading her to accumulate substantial quantities of essential provisions like rice, beans, oats, and flour. And in her deep fear, she even considered a desperate alternative, suggesting that it might have been better to face a tragic end alongside her children than to endure the impending turmoil of the apocalyptic events. When Lori returned from Hawaii, her and her brother Alex began hanging out more and listening to spiritual podcasts together. Eventually, being involved into the podcast himself, she met a new friend named Melanie. Colby and Tylee began to feel uncomfortable with Lori's new involvement with this podcast, saying that it felt off and that their mother acted different and spoke different on this podcast with Melanie Gibb. Lori took on the role of leading a small group of individuals who shared a common interest in a specific spiritual path. This group included Melanie Gibb, Melanie, her niece, her brother Alex, and Zulema, whom she had met through their church. And it was during this time that Lori became acquainted with Chad Daybell's Doomsday Books and started attending his conferences to hear him speak. It was at one of these conferences that she had her first encounter with Chad at a book signing. They engaged in extensive conversation with Lori asking numerous questions, and a connection between them began to form. During this initial meeting, Chad shared with Lori the belief that they had been married multiple times in previous lives. During this period, Chad Daybell was married to Tammy Daybell, with whom they had five children. He authored several apocalyptic books and outlined his beliefs. According to his teachings, individuals were assigned a ranking based on their past lives. Chad claimed that only 144,000 chosen ones would be saved during the upcoming apocalypse, carrying on the work of God after the establishment of the new Jerusalem. Chad began proclaiming that Rexburg, Idaho was the new Jerusalem, where he believed he would lead the chosen people. In Chad's version, he saw himself as the leader instead of Jesus Christ. He considered his books to be scripture, akin to the Book of Mormon. 
Laurie, influenced by Chad's teachings, regarded his books as nonfiction and became deeply enamored with his ideas and even featured Chad on her podcast. According to Laurie's friend April, Laurie sent her a text message informing her of Charles's death and claiming that he was being controlled by a demon named Ned, or sometimes Nick, Snyder. Lori expressed her belief that the day would come when the demon would die as it was using Charles's body as a host, and appeared to be eagerly awaiting for this event to occur. Now, Charles grew increasingly concerned about Lori's well-being as her behavior was becoming more erratic. Lori began spreading rumors within the family that Charles had been unfaithful, leading Colby to confront his father about the alleged affair. In response, Charles denied the accusations, expressing that Lori was not the person that they all believed her to be. Initially, Colby found it difficult to believe Charles and suspected him of deflecting blame onto his mother. Charles had reached out to the family via email, describing Lori as mentally unstable and claiming that she believed herself to be a god or a superior being. This further strained the family's relationship with Charles and they began distancing themselves from him under Lori's influence. Adam, who was Lori's other brother, recalled receiving distressing phone calls from Charles, who tearfully expressed that he no longer recognized the person that Lori had become. Eventually, the entire family, except for Adam, severed ties with Charles. Now, it is also worth noting that Joseph Ryan, at this time, Lori's ex-husband and Tylee's biological father, was found dead in his Phoenix home during a welfare check on April 3, 2018, at the age of 59. His cause of death was ruled as a heart attack. Lori was notified as she was listed as his next of kin, but after five weeks when no one had come to claim his body, it became apparent that his family had not been informed. Joseph was eventually cremated, which meant exhuming his body impossible. In January 2019, while Charles was on a business trip in Houston, Lori took the troubling actions of canceling his flight back to Arizona and having her brother Alex remove Charles's truck from the airport parking lot. Alex then proceeded to enter the house and removal of Charles's personal belongings. Charles, feeling upset and frustrated, reached out to Lori's mother, expressing his need to have his truck and clothes returned. Upon Charles's eventual return that night, he discovered that he was unable to get in touch with his children, Tylee and JJ. Worried about their well-being, he contacted the police for assistance. During the encounter with the responding officer, Charles explained that Lori had seemingly lost touch with reality, believing herself to be a resurrected being and a god. He further revealed that Lori had emptied their joint bank account, taken possession of his truck, and expressed threats against his life, claiming that he was an imposter named Nick Snyder. With concerns for Lori's mental health, Charles sought a mandatory hospital pickup order to ensure she received psychiatric evaluation. Accompanied by the police, he entered the home, 
only to find that all of the vehicles and everyone had vanished. In the body cam footage, Charles can be seen visibly distressed, his voice trembling, and he expressed his confusion and worry about the whereabouts of his children. However, the police informed him that at that moment, no crime had technically been committed, and since they were married and he hadn't been home, Lori had the legal right to take her children with her. The next morning, aware that JJ had school, Charles went to his son's school and took Lori's purse, her phone, and her keys, intending to prevent her from leaving so that she could be picked up for a psych eval. Subsequently, Lori, accompanied by Tylee and Melanie, went to the police department later that day. During her interaction with the police, Lori claimed that she discovered Charles was cheating while he was in Houston, prompting her to take everything from the house and leave out of anger. She accused Charles of stealing her purse as a result of his own frustration. When asked if returning her purse would resolve the situation, Lori insisted that she only wanted her belongings back. Remarkably, she managed to charm the police officers, leaving Lori's sister-in-law upon reviewing the body cam footage with the impression that the officers were completely captivated by Lori, describing it as being intoxicated by her siren song. Despite admitting to taking Charles's car and raising suspicion, Lori's actions were largely overlooked by law enforcement. The police even informed her that they couldn't compel her to undergo a psychiatric evaluation, advising her to not open the door if they came looking for her. They concluded that she didn't appear to pose a danger to herself or others, and even joked and made light about being admitted to a psych facility. The police seemingly thought Charles was even crazier than he made Lori seem to be. Ultimately, Lori voluntarily went in for an evaluation, and since she wasn't admitted, her family took it as evidence that Charles had been lying and that Lori was mentally sound. Following their breakup, Lori remained in the house while Charles resided in Houston and visited JJ on a weekly basis. Tylee, who was deeply affected by the situation, struggled to adjust to the new circumstances unfolding around her. Charles grew suspicious of Lori's relationship with Chad Daybell after discovering a forged letter, seemingly sent by him to Chad. The letter requested Chad's presence for a few days to collaborate on a book about Charles's time in minor league baseball. Concerned, Charles shared the suspicious email with Adam, Lori's brother, who speculated whether Lori had written it as a quote-unquote code to secretly meet Chad without his wife's knowledge. Charles informed Adam that he planned to contact Tammy, Chad's wife, after the weekend to expose the alleged affair. Charles obtained Tammy's email address from Chad's website and informed Lori about his message to Tammy, aiming to reveal their relationship. In response, Lori dismissed Charles's concerns, claiming friendship with both Tammy and Chad. Frustrated, Charles confronted Lori, accusing her of jeopardizing lives with her delusions and urging her to stop. Adam, feeling sympathy for Charles and wanting to assist him, faced difficulties in communicating with Lori due to their ongoing contact. Recognizing the need for intervention, 
Adam approached their mother and proposed a family meeting to address Lori's actions and hold her accountable. Determined to help, Adam decided to fly out for an intervention without informing Lori, as her awareness might hinder her participation. Meanwhile, Alex purposely ignored Adam's phone calls, being aware of his intentions and aligned with Lori's wishes. Unbeknownst to Adam, Lori had discovered the planned intervention and requested Alex's presence, indicating that matters were reaching a critical point that week. Lori had referred to quote-unquote Ned being gone, and Lori expressed hope that it would happen soon, possibly within that day or the following. So she had said this to Alex, referring to the quote-unquote demon or the devil inside of Charles, using Charles as a host. On the morning of July 11th, 2019, Charles was scheduled to pick up JJ. Charles sent a text to Adam, mentioning that Alex was present at the house when he went to pick up JJ. Now, according to the recorded account given by Lori and Tylee at the police station, Charles grew increasingly agitated and began shouting at Lori. Concerned for her mother's safety, Tylee retrieved a bat from her room and confronted Charles to protect her. Charles then allegedly takes the bat from Tylee. Lori then instructed Tylee to wait in the car with JJ while she joined them shortly after. Suddenly, a gunshot echoed from inside the house, and Alex claimed that he shot Charles in self-defense, alleging that Charles had struck him with the bat previously held by Tylee. After the incident, Lori takes off, while Alex called the police for an ambulance, informing the dispatcher about shooting his brother-in-law in in self-defense. The dispatcher asked if Charles was unconscious, to which Alex confirmed. The dispatcher then instructs Alex to provide CPR while waiting for the ambulance, but Alex expresses his inability to revive Charles. When the police arrive at the scene, they requested Alex to exit the house. They observed a minor amount of blood on the back of Alex's head, claiming he was hit with a bat. Upon entering the house, they discovered Charles laying dead on the floor with an apparent gunshot wound to the chest. Now, after the incident, and after Lori even admits that she heard a gunshot, she proceeds to take Charles's rental car. She drove the children to a Burger King drive-thru to get breakfast. She then drops JJ off at school, and then makes a stop at a Walgreens to purchase flip-flops for herself and Tylee. Upon Lori returning to the home where the tragic event had taken place, The police were already engaged in obtaining Alex's account of what had occurred. Tylee and Lori were asked to keep their distance, allowing the police to complete their interview with Alex before approaching them for their side of the story. Now, the entire interaction between the police asking for Alex, Lori, and Tylee's version of events was all caught on body cam footage. In this footage, you can see Lori making lighthearted comments about her neighbors and what they're going to think of her now following the incident and even starts laughing. She appears remarkably composed and content with no visible concern for Charles's well-being, 
despite both her and Tylee hearing the gunshot from inside the house. Tylee did say later on that she was unaware that it was a gunshot. She heard a loud noise, um, while Lori admitted to recognizing it as the sound of a gunshot. And the police at that time believed this was a self-defense story and let Lori's brother Alex go without ever questioning him again about the incident. It was later discovered that Alex waited 43 minutes before contacting the police after speaking with Lori following the shooting. Furthermore, it was revealed that Alex did not administer CPR or provide any medical assistance to Charles. The autopsy results indicated that Charles had been shot a second time while already lying on the ground. Lori reached out to Colby, her oldest son, informing him that Charles had come to pick up JJ that morning and had suffered a heart attack. Colby, devastated by the news of the man he considered his father, rushed to Lori's house to be with his family during this tragic incident. Upon his arrival, he was met by a distraught Tylee. When Colby inquired about what happened, Lori finally confessed that Alex had shot Charles in self-defense. Colby immediately sensed that something was very wrong with the entire scenario, especially after finding out that Lori had initially lied about Charles's cause of death. Disturbingly, shortly after Charles's death, Lori had actually sent text messages to both of Charles's sons from his previous marriage informing them of their father's passing. The boys were understandably upset and disappointed that Lori had chosen to convey such significant news through a text message. When they messaged her back asking what happened and for more information, Lori remained unresponsive for hours until she finally replied, stating that she would provide updates once she knew more and that she was awaiting information from the medical examiner regarding the circumstances of Charles's death. Additionally, Lori informed JJ's school that Charles had committed suicide. Four days after Charles's passing, Lori contacted Charles's life insurance company to file a claim, only to discover that she was no longer listed as the beneficiary of his $1 million policy. She went on to share this information with Chad, attributing the change to the supposed influence of the demon Ned Snyder. Lori reassured Chad that despite the setback, she would still receive $4,000 per month from Charles's Social Security benefits. According to Colby, Lori's mental state deteriorated further following Charles's death. She became increasingly paranoid believing that she had enemies and that people were out to harm her. Lori informed Colby that she had obtained a new job and that she, along with the children, would be moving. Tylee's grandmother expressed the difficulty of saying goodbye to Tylee during the packing process for the move, as Tylee was deeply upset about the impending relocation. Colby mentioned that Tylee did not disclose the destination to him, and he was unsure if Tylee herself fully understood the situation. However, it seemed as though Tylee was somehow embracing the notion that something was amiss and recognized the necessity of the move. On August 9th, 2019, JJ's beloved service dog Bailey is put up for sale. 
The dog was later returned to the kennel from which the dog was purchased. Bailey was eventually rehomed and given to another little boy with autism, allegedly. And also, before the move was the last time JJ's medication was filled and was never filled after the move. After a period of time and being out of touch with Tylee, Colby reached out to her via text on her birthday, on September 24th. In response, he received a text message that didn't seem like it was written by his sister, as it was in all lowercase letters and seemed uncharacteristic of her style. They exchanged a few more texts, but Tylee appeared distant and brief, giving Colby the sense that something was wrong. Concerned for Tylee's well-being, Colby decided to call Lori to inquire about Tylee, explaining that she didn't sound like herself. Lori attempted to reassure him, attributing Tylee's behavior to adjusting to a new school and making new friends, citing her busy schedule and promising that she would call him when she had the chance. However, Colby's worry only grew, and he responded to Tylee's text, expressing that the messages didn't seem like her and that her texting style was unusual. After that point, he received no further responses, and Lori had turned off Tylee's phone. And it should also be noted that on the same day Colby texted Tylee on her birthday, Lori had unenrolled JJ from school. As concerns for the well-being of the children intensified, Colby and his wife Kelsey grew increasingly worried. Kelsey took it upon herself to conduct some independent investigation and stumbled upon Lori's podcast. It was during this time that they began piecing together the puzzle, particularly with the realization that Charles had previously reached out to the family, expressing concerns about Lori's deteriorating mental state. They decided to open the emails that Charles had sent months earlier, which they had previously overlooked. Initially, Colby had been inclined to believe that Charles was at fault, but now they started to see that Charles might have been right all along. Their perspective on the situation shifted as more information came to light. In a shocking discovery, Kelsey found an email that had been forwarded to her but originally sent to Lori with the subject line, History, Family, Documents. It was sent by Charles, and the contents revealed his concerns about Lori's behavior. He wrote, quote, She calls her own daughter a dark spirit. Please help her. End quote. Below Charles's message, there was the original email, which contained a list of friends and family members categorized as either light or dark spirits. Charles had mentioned in an officer's body cam footage on the day he returned from Houston and found his truck missing, Lori had referred to him as a dark spirit. The list revealed that Alex, Lori's brother, was a two-light spirit, Lori herself was a 4.3-light spirit, Colby was a three-light spirit, Kelsey was labeled as a three-dark spirit, and shockingly, Tylee was listed as a 4.1-dark spirit. Upon further examination of the forwarded message, they discovered that the sender of this email to Lori was none other than Chad Daybell. 
Chad Daybell claimed to possess the ability to discern between dark spirits and light spirits, presenting it as a seemingly scientific system. According to him, individuals classed as very dark spirits had their spirits separated from their bodies and were essentially in a state of limbo, making them zombies. Chad asserted that the only way to liberate the trapped spirits was to kill the physical bodies. He claimed that there were 20,000 zombies that needed to be eradicated. Lori, too, expressed her involvement with Chad in uncovering the necessary steps to eliminate all the Z's, quote-unquote, zombies. In their distorted belief system, any act of murder against individuals deemed zombies were considered entirely justifiable. Lori also informed Alex that there was concerning news that their brother Adam had turned into a zombie as of January 2019. Alex's response insinuated that it made sense given Adam's association with Charles. These revelations shed light on the disturbing mindset and dangerous beliefs held by Chad and Lori. Lori's friend, Melanie Gibb, stated that in the spring of 2019, she overheard Lori calling Tylee a zombie when Tylee didn't want to babysit JJ. Lori later shared with Melanie that Tylee had turned into a zombie starting around the age 12 or 13 as she became challenging to deal with. On October 2, 2019, in Gilbert, Arizona, an incident occurred where Brandon, who was Lori's niece's husband, was shot at by someone in a moving vehicle while he was walking up his driveway. Brandon, who was in the process of divorcing Melanie, Lori's niece, told the police that he believed Melanie's aunt Lori could be possible for the attack. Although Brandon did not see the shooter's face, he noticed that they were driving a gray Jeep Wrangler. The police later recovered the Jeep, which was registered to Charles Vallow, who had been deceased since July. It was known that Lori referred to Alex as her hitman, and it was very possible that Alex was the one driving the Jeep. Chad confided in a friend about a vision he claimed to have had in which his wife Tammy was involved in a car accident and he saw her spirit leave her body. During their last conversation, Chad expressed that he believed his plan could not move forward until both spouses were dead. On October 9th, 2019, Tammy arrived home and encountered a masked man who shot at her with what seemed to have been a paintball gun. Fortunately, she was not hit and immediately called out for her husband, Chad. However, instead of assisting his wife, Chad ran around the back of their home. Chad sends a message to Lori stating, quote, Tammy is in a state of limbo and a level three demonic entity named Viola has taken control of her body. It occurred at 10 p.m., end quote. Tragically, on October 19, 2019, Tammy is discovered deceased in her home. Despite being only 49 years old and in good health, her death was ruled as natural causes. 
it becomes apparent that Chad receives a significant financial benefit of $430,000 following Tammy's passing. Raising concerns about a reoccurring pattern of financial gain in these circumstances. At this stage, their preparations for the end of the world were progressing rapidly. Chad held the belief that certain individuals needed to be married on earth to secure their ceiling and immunity in the afterlife. Zulema, who had been a member of this group, married Alex, Lori's brother, on November 29, 2019. And similarly, Lori's niece, Melanie, met a man named Ian and married him just two weeks after their initial meeting. This group demonstrated an unusually close bond, with both couples getting married one day apart and serving as witnesses at each other's weddings. One of the most alarming beliefs was that the world would end on January 22, 2020. Growing increasingly concerned for JJ's well-being, Kay, who was JJ's grandmother and Charles's sister, takes matters into her own hands. Unable to contact Lori with no recent updates on JJ's welfare, Kay decides to call the police and request a wellness check on JJ. In her search for answers, Kay discovers an Amazon order placed in Charles's name for a wedding band. This raises suspicions as Charles had already passed away, leading Kay to believe that the order was placed by Lori. Furthermore, the shipping address for the order was an apartment in Rexburg, Idaho. On November 26, 2019, the police respond to the address provided by Kay for a wellness check on 7-year-old JJ. When they arrive, they are met by Lori's brother Alex and Chad Daybell. The police inform Alex of the purpose of their visit, but initially Alex does not respond, instead looking towards Chad. When asked about JJ's whereabouts, Alex claimed that JJ is with his grandmother Kay in Louisiana. However, the police expressed doubt about this information, as it was Kay who called in for the wellness check. Sensing inconsistencies, the police inquire about Lori's location, and Alex reveals that she can be found in a neighboring apartment within the same complex, which happens to belong to Melanie, who is Lori's niece. It is later discovered that Alex and Melanie had moved with Lori to the same apartment complex in Rexburg, Idaho. The responding officer becomes increasingly suspicious and calls for additional officers to join the scene. Upon their return, they question Lori further, inquiring about Chad's last name and if he is the same Chad whose wife had recently passed. Lori acknowledges the connection but claims that people are constantly bothering her and causing trouble. When asked about JJ's whereabouts, she tells the officers that he is with her friend, Melanie, in Arizona. However, the police are unable to reach Melanie and decide to return to Lori's residence. Lori offers more excuses, suggesting that JJ is likely out with Melanie, possibly at the movies. Melanie confronts Lori about misleading the police regarding JJ's whereabouts, and the conversation is recorded. Melanie asks Lori why she would lie, and Lori admitted that she doesn't want to reveal where JJ truly is. 
Concerned for JJ's safety, Melanie inquires if he is safe and Laurie reassures her that he is both safe and happy. The following day, the police execute a search warrant at Laurie's apartment, only to discover that it is completely vacant and everyone has disappeared. The children, Tyler and JJ, are nowhere to be found. In a state of alarm, the police visit Colby and Kelsey's home, questioning them about the whereabouts of Tylee and JJ. Colby, who is deeply concerned, contacts his mother and demands answers after learning about the detective's visit. Despite his worries, Lori tries to reassure him that she will take care of the situation. Colby attempts to contact Tylee once again, but his messages bounce back unanswered. The very next day, Colby reaches out to his mother once more, only to discover that her phone has been disconnected. Lori then sends an email to Colby, telling him that she loves him and that he needs to trust her and that they are all safe. On December 20th, 2019, Tylee and JJ are officially declared missing, and concerns for their safety grow among the police. The story quickly gains national attention and the media tries to catch up with the unfolding events of this extraordinary case that had started months earlier. On December 11th, Tammy's body is actually exhumed as suspicions surrounding her death grew. The results of this were completed by January 2021, but they were not made public until recently on April 2023 and it was determined that Tammy Daybell had been asphyxiated by someone else. Zilemma begins to notice striking similarities between the narratives Chad and Lori present about Tammy and the ones they had regarding Charles, implying that they believed both individuals had turned into zombies. Zilemma confronts Alex, expressing her disbelief that they would harm people based on their belief in zombies. Alex responds with a simple no to Zilemma's question, and Zilemma starts to walk away from Alex. When she walks away from him, he finally speaks up and says, quote, I think I am being their fall guy, end quote. When she tries to question him further, he refuses to say anything more. On the day following Tammy's body being exhumed, Alex Lori's brother is found dead. The cause of his death is determined to be blood clots in his lungs and is classified as a natural death. Colby expresses his deep suspicion regarding the increasing number of deaths surrounding Lori. Now remember, we have Joseph Ryan and Charles, who are both Lori's ex-husbands. We have Tammy, who's now deceased, who is Chad's wife. We also now have Alex, so these are four people and two missing children. On the same day as Alex's death, a news article emerges revealing that Lori had fled with her new husband. It is disclosed that Lori and Chad got married on November 5th, 2019, a shockingly short time after the death of Chad's previous wife, Tammy. And on January 3rd, 2020, a search warrant is executed at the Daybell residence to investigate the circumstances surrounding Tammy Daybell's death. During the search, law enforcement seizes a total of 43 items, 
including journals and electronic devices. On January 26, 2020, investigators locate Chad and Lori in Kauai and serve them with a search warrant for Lori's car. In the body cam footage captured during the encounter, Lori appears nonchalant and uncooperative, shrugging and smirking without providing any substantial information on the whereabouts of her children. Authorities discovered significant items, including the birth certificates of JJ and Tylee, Tylee's bank card, JJ's iPad, as well as his school registration from Idaho. It was also revealed that Tylee's bank card had remained active and had been used since September. The footage of Lori and Chad at this time in Hawaii also show a journalist asking Lori about the whereabouts of her children, to which she responds with a dismissive no comment. This footage becomes the first time Colby, Lori's son, sees Chad Daybell's face. By this point, the children have been missing for several months, and it is disconcerting to see Lori seemingly enjoy her time in Hawaii while the search for Tylee and JJ continues. After Lori failed to produce her children, as required by a court order, she was arrested for non-compliance. This arrest came as a significant development in the case, as it added legal consequences to their actions. The failure to meet the deadline heightened concerns about the well-being and whereabouts of Tylee and JJ, intensifying the urgency to find them and ensure their safety. The arrest marked a turning point in the investigation, shifting the focus towards uncovering the truth about what had happened to the missing children. The photos of Chad and Lori's wedding in Hawaii, appearing happy and carefree, despite the recent death of Chad's wife, were indeed disturbing. The images circulated widely on the internet, sparking outrage and disbelief among the public. Many questioned the morality and ethics of their actions, considering the unresolved circumstances surrounding the death of Tammy, Charles, and the disappearance of Tylee and JJ. Adding to the eerie nature of the situation, Lori was seen wearing the same ring that was ordered on Charles's Amazon account, and the purchase of the ring was only days prior to Tammy's death, raising further questions about her involvement and motive. During Lori's bond hearing, she is seen smiling at Kay, Larry, and Brandon. The prosecution pointed out a disturbing and consistent pattern in Lori's life. They highlighted the ongoing investigations into the three deaths that had direct connections to her. The prosecution expressed their deep frustration over the continued absence of the children and emphasized that Lori had adamantly refused to cooperate in any efforts to locate them, even before charges were officially filed. That evening, Colby made a phone call to his mother at the jail. Lori maintained that the children were safe and reiterated that she would never harm them. However, Lori's mother held a different belief. She did not believe that the children were missing and was convinced that Lori knew their whereabouts. In May 2020, Lori's mother and sister Summer appeared on a television interview to express their perspective. They adamantly stated that they did not believe any harm had come to the children and praised Lori 
as an exceptional mother who would never do anything to hurt them. Despite their assertions, many viewers perceive their stance as being in denial of the grim reality. Eventually, sadly, Lori's mother admitted that everyone was right and they were wrong, retracting their initial statement that was defending Lori's innocence. Investigators gained access to Lori's iCloud account and discovered a significant photograph taken on September 8, 2019, at Yellowstone National Park. The photo depicted J.J., Tylee, and Alex together. This image became crucial as it was the last known photo of Tylee. With Alex now deceased, an important piece of the puzzle was missing. However, the police had access to Alex's cell phone, which provided valuable information. By analyzing the GPS data from his phone, investigators were able to trace his movements to Chad Daybell's property in September when JJ and Tylee went missing. Specifically, on September 9th, the phone's location placed Alex in the backyard of the Daybell residence for a duration of two and a half hours. Additionally, the FBI obtained Tammy's phone and discovered that 14 minutes after Alex left the Daybell residence, Chad had sent a text message to Tammy. In this text, Chad described his eventful morning of burning branches in the fire pit and spotting a large raccoon near the fence. He mentioned that he quickly retrieved his gun to shoot the raccoon, and he claimed the raccoon was now buried in their pet cemetery on the property. On June 9, 2020, law enforcement returned to the Daybell residence, this time to conduct a search of the backyard. During the search, Chad contacted Lori, who was in jail, and informed her about the ongoing search, stating that they would see what unfolds. Both Chad and Lori appeared noticeably uneasy during this conversation. Chad closely monitored the search until, suddenly, his car sped off down the road. Within moments, police vehicles with lights and sirens engaged in a pursuit. After catching up with Chad, he was arrested following the discovery of two sets of human remains on his property, later confirmed to be that of JJ and his sister, Tylee. During Chad's court hearing, Melanie's boyfriend Dave testified about a conversation he had with Lori on September 22nd. He mentioned that he was working with Melanie and Lori on their podcast when the topic of JJ came up. Lori claimed that JJ had turned into a zombie and described an incident where he climbed up on a cabinet and then on top of the fridge, subsequently smashing down her photo of Christ. Dave expressed his desire to see J.J., but Lori informed him that he couldn't because J.J. was out of control and that Alex had come to take him that day. Dave says the last time he saw J.J. alive was the night that Alex had returned him home and put him to bed. Lori's sister-in-law speculates that due to J.J.'s autism, he had a tendency to repeat things persistently. On the day mentioned by Dave, she suspects that J.J. might have overheard or witnessed something that could have made him a potential liability. 
During the hearing, it was disclosed that the day Chad texted Tammy about shooting a raccoon and burying it in their pet cemetery coincided with the day after Tylee was last seen alive in the photo taken at Yosemite. This realization, combined with a careful examination of the timeline of events, suggests that the children were likely killed shortly after relocating to Rexburg, Idaho, and their remains had been in Chad's backyard throughout that time. The FBI reveals that their breakthrough in discovering the bodies was due to their investigation of the text message regarding the pet cemetery. Upon arriving at the location described in the message, they identified a statue of a dog. Adjacent to the statue, they noticed what appeared to be a grave. However, the challenge they faced was the manner in which the remains were concealed or buried, making the process of recovering and identifying them more difficult. Now, what I'm about to describe next are the way in which the remains of the children were found. And if you are unable to hear these details, please skip ahead a little bit. The recovery team uncovered a four foot by two foot patch of shorter grass. They proceeded to remove the sod and topsoil, exposing three large flat rocks. Beneath the rocks, they discovered thin pieces of wood paneling, followed by a layer of black plastic. A crime scene investigator then makes a hole in the top of that black plastic, revealing another layer of white plastic resembling a plastic bag, which they also cut through. Upon doing so, investigators stated they observed what looks to be brown human hair and it was what appeared to have been a small body in red pajamas, bound and tightly wrapped in black plastic. JJ's cause of death was ruled to be asphyxiation due to a plastic bag being over his head and duct tape over his mouth. Another team of investigators was assigned to search a separate section of the yard known as the Pet Cemetery, according to the Daybell family. Initially, they unearthed the remains of a cat and a dog as expected. However, as they continued digging, they came across a peculiar finding. Among them was a melted bucket, and under the bucket was a partial human skull. What turned out to be the remains of Tylee Ryan. Because of the condition of Tylee's remains, it was difficult to assess what happened to her. The only thing investigators knew for sure was that whoever did this dismembered her body and burned it. She was found to have died by homicide by unspecified means. Sadly, there was a photo found on Lori's iCloud account taken on the last day that JJ was supposedly seen alive on September 22nd, and this photo was him wearing red pajamas. Lori's attorneys initially raised concerns about her mental competency leading her to being committed to an Idaho Department of Health and Welfare mental facility for 90 days. She was initially found incompetent to stand trial on May 27, 2021, resulting in a stay in her case. After receiving mental health treatment, she was later deemed competent to stand trial, 
then deemed incompetent again, and finally competent once more. Lori and Chad were now being indicted on murder charges for the deaths of J.J. and Tylee, as well as charges related to Tammy's death. On May 12, 2023, Lori Vallow-Daybell was found guilty of all criminal charges, marking a significant milestone in the pursuit of justice for J.J., Tylee, and Tammy. Her sentencing hearing has not yet been set and Chad's trial beginning in 2023. As we reflect on the lives lost and the impact felt by those left behind, we are reminded of the importance of vigilance, compassion, and unwavering dedication to protect and safeguard the most vulnerable among us. The memory of JJ and Tylee will forever serve as a reminder to cherish and protect the innocent. That's all for today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and joining me on this journey. If you enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. Your support helps more than you know. Also, please be sure to check out my YouTube channel where I'll be sharing video versions of these episodes along with exclusive content. And if you have any suggestions for future episodes or want to share your own stories, please feel free to reach out. Until next time, stay safe, stay curious, and always remember to look beyond the headlines.